Is it recording? Oh, it's totally recording. I was way too giddy for that. Okay. <laughs> and professional. Yeah. Professional. <clears throat> yeah, no, we're we're um it's we haven't seen each other in a while. We haven't seen each other since last weekend. Yeah, it's been and a while. we're in the middle of corrections. <laughs> okay, we're in the middle of something fairly traumatic. What is it? Oh, Facebook memories. Mm. We'll get to that. Yeah, Mm. in a second. Mm. That's gonna be our new thing instead of the actually corner reading our Facebook memories. (laughs) Facebook memories. (laughs) (laughs) We need some kind of yeah, some kind of little sandwich. (laughs) If anybody wants to make that for us, please. Facebook memories, please. (laughs) Or like (laughs) memory torture. (laughs) Making you feel better about yourself. Oh, they're so bad. So so what's going on? Oh my god, we've been talking chat and. Ew. It's the it's the World Cup final is on at the moment. Mm-hmm. If you're uh, boycotting it, it's funny. I saw a tweet today. It was like uh-huh. somebody said, "This is me." What pretending? You know, like everyone is kind of on moral ground saying they're boycotting the World Cup. Yeah, but, but I've been having a look at back clips. like a curtain and being like, and that's what I've been like. <laughs> that's what I've been doing. So at the moment, it's an extra time, it's half time, it's in extra time insane. between um, Argentina and France. <laughs> what were you going to say? Because I was saying Argentina and France, and I just. Like, <laughs> Um, Argentina and France, and it's two two. I've had so much coffee. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm about to drink aside. my third coffee. Yeah, it's just that made you me, made, made me. me Thank you giddy, so much. But I also took a vitamin D today, and I took um, magnesium as well. So I'm just D like, for delirious. I'm just like, wow, I'm just full of energy, and I have a Rubik's cube here. If you can, you're gonna hear that. Wait, a little bit of ASMR. Maybe a little ASMR throughout the podcast. Um, it's gonna help me to concentrate when you're telling your story. <laughs> They're a great friend. It's just that I, yeah, it'll help me to not interrupt you maybe as much. So uh, at this moment in time, it's 2 2, a uh, very historical game, I think. Or if you're French, <laughs> and if you're Argentinian, oh god. Dos, dos, dos. dos, dos. <laughs> Yeah, dos, dos. You doing a bit of bono dos, there? Dos. <laughs> Why does he do that at the start of that song? Know, Uno, he's like, dos. is there anything I can't do? The world is broken. <laughs> want to make it better. If you don't um, know who we're on about, it's bono. <laughs> just we, to clarify, Irish people just love bono. <laughs> oh yeah, we adore the man. Um, <laughs> the I'm trying to think if there are any other news. We're coming up to Christmas. I haven't done any of my shopping. I've done a little bit. I've done a bit. Fair play. I haven't done zero. Cero. Cero in Spanish. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. It's all about that Christmas shopping, but it's also about keeping safe. The roads have been wild out there now. And to be very honest with you, I've been looking at a lot of TikTok videos of people crashing. Some poor fella crashed his van up in a Charlestown. I saw that. Yeah. I fell on the ice yesterday, listeners. I was going to actually post pictures of my bruises, Would but it's like throw it up? they're they're pretty bad. Yeah, I I was outside and I was putting my rabbit's hay into the shed. Um, somebody in my life <clears throat> who will remain nameless keeps bringing the rabbit's hay inside the house. But Can I, I name drop. <laughs> I don't like the hay being in the house because it just gets everywhere and it just looks. That's fair enough. And I have this whole you know this is a burn thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind going out to the shed to get her hay when I need to get it. So I was putting it back into the shed oh, and I slipped. Um, which sounds like I'm actually blaming that person for my fall. I'm not. Blame the ice um, man. And yeah, I had a really bad fall and I banged my head and I had a big lump. And mm. I also hurt my arm quite bad. So You did a full somersault backwards. I did and I hit my head off my own house. Like that <laughs> poor fella slipping in home alone. It was like, I was about to say home and away. I thought you were going to say the guy <laughs> slipping on the ice on RT. Legendary. It was very like that. It was Legendary. that kind of fall. It was yeah. legs up to the side, head banged off the house. I should probably have gone to the doctor, but I'm okay. 
I'm fine. You sure? It's the coffee I'm that's friends. making her crazy yeah, today. Yeah, like, sure, I'm not even here. <laughs> I'm a figment of your imagination. Um, there is no podcast. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, our new uh, our new thing now is Facebook Memories. We've decided that every week we will bless you by reading out our... And we don't... We, we haven't prepared them. So we don't know what's on the way, right? It's cruel. Uh, they're going to be awful because we, we are both particularly heinous people on social media, especially 10 years ago. Like, we were both very annoying. Yeah. We both felt we had a lot to say and that people would want to hear it. Nobody wants so to hear like it. So we're like the perfect say. candidates to read out terrible Facebook memories. If you ever want to share them with us and we'll read your Facebook memories out in the podcast. Absolutely. I doubt that anyone is as cringe as we are. I just doubt that. Like, I feel we're up there with... Like the stuff that boomers post now on Facebook. Mm, I feel mm. like we're okay. Um, Are you so going first? I don't mind if you want to go. Oh, no, it. you go first, okay. please. <laughs> so I posted this on the 18th of December. Also, it's my niece's um, 19th birthday. Today. Happy birthday. Oh, so I did post something about her. Mm-hmm. I said nine years ago, I was sitting at Christmas exam when I got the news. My sister had had a baby girl nine years later and I'm correcting Christmas tests. And Ella is nearly taller than me. How time flies. Happy oh, birthday to so my beautiful sweet. niece. And it's 10 years later now. So she's 19. So oh, that gosh. isn't that bad. <clears throat> what is bad is this super deep um status that i clearly <sighs> copy and paste i'm readying it. myself i'm ready I, I didn't credit anyone for this so it just looks like it's mine but it's clearly not <clears throat> remember if a dog was the teacher you would learn things like when loved ones come home always run to greet them never pass up the opportunity to go for a joyride. <laughs> I thought this was so deep. Joyride. <laughs> Allow the experience of fresh air. I can't get through this. And wind in your face to be pure ecstasy. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> Take naps. <laughs> Stretch before rising. <laughs> Run, romp, and play daily. <laughs> That's better than live life. Run, romp. Stop. I'm not well. Please stop. Please stop. Oh my god. Thrive on attention. Oh god. No way first. Let people touch you. It's terrible. Avoid biting with a simple growl. Oh my god, what the f- Can't even swear! <laughs> on warm days, stop to lie on your back on the grass. <laughs> on hot days, drink lots of water and lie under a shady tree. Just do it when you're driving on the motorway. <laughs> when you're happy, dance around and wag your entire body. Oh Delight in the simple joy of a long walk. Be loyal. Never pretend to be something you're not. <laughs> if what you want lies buried, dig until you find it. <laughs> I want my cat back! <laughs> Finally, when someone is having a bad day, be silent, sit close by, and nuzzle them gently. <laughs> Two people <laughs> Did I? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lynette and Amanda. 
Oh my god. Oh, I can't I breathe. Want to climb. What was it? Run, romp, rest? <laughs> Run, romp, and play. <laughs> I actually want to climb. Romp play. means something else to me. Yeah. Mm. It's, uh, I, no, I actually oh. want. I'm, I'm actually in tears at how oh hard it's I am. Mm. I can't believe of all the days for that to have come up. Oh, <laughs> I don't think I've. I don't know mine. I haven't read mine. And I clearly thought that was like, wow. Okay, please, please go now. <sighs> oh, mine's really cringe. But worse than run, run. <laughs> I let you be the judge. Oh, I'm just gonna let you get through this. Okay. Okay. I found oh. a few. Well, I found one. First, I posted a picture of Kent Station, and it says guards blocking off the way out to Kent Station in December 2013, and then also on December 2013. Brace yourself. Oh, that one. <laughs> Is it as long as my dog porn? No. 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 Not. That. God, I hate myself. I hate myself. Okay. You know, with all those terrible winds howling outside the window today, I did what any person had the opportunity to do and stay cocooned in my blanket in my bed. I watched Dara O'Brien doing some live gigs a few years back, which was awesome. The man's a genius. Soon, though... I approached the UPC box in the sitting room to find that there was no signal. Winds equals no internet, no TV. Found out Kent Station got some bad damage. Winds oh, equals... Kent Station back then. <laughs> says, winds equals... Sorry for my language. Holy shit. Damn. Put on some proper clothes. Hit town. Winds equals hair in your face, but other people's hair looks funny too. Found Gloria Jean's coffee, which means I found free net. And now I sit here telling you this pointless story. Haha, <laughs> no, really. The point, the real point of yammering on is to tell you I found a white chocolate croissant here. <laughs> In the uppercase, a white chocolate croissant. Feels like the first time I found a white chocolate croissant. Lynette likes this. <laughs> Lynette, thank you so this much. Tree. She's still her friend. Oh God, no! Oh my God. Oh, Just... okay, okay, okay. <sighs> so I was at home <laughs> copying <laughs> my dogs. Yeah, but then it was mine. And I was you obsessing over white chocolate croissants. jeans, man. I haven't been there. Is that sort of thing? It is. It is. Yeah. Uh, Gloria Jeans is a coffee shop. In Ireland, uh, and they in do Cork, have anyway. white chocolate croissants, apparently. Mm. Well, they did 10 years ago, or whatever it was. <laughs> Me outside the window, like, I want my elephant. I'd be like, I want oh my, my white chocolate croissant. Oh my god, okay. I imagine no one ever heard from us again. Yeah, just, just, we just went worst radio podcast. I feel like we need to just undo the... Um, oh god. Just cut ties with all social media, frankly. I think we should just become hermits. I'm, I'm tempted to destroy my phone and just get a Nokia. One of those old Nokias and just polyphonic oh. ringtone my way through deeply everything. uncomfortable. <laughs> Let someone nuzzle you. <laughs> so anytime you're so in a bad mood. That no. is really inappropriate. Like, no, you should not let someone <laughs> be nuzzle touched. you. Be touched. Ten year old. Ten, ten year old. Ten year ago, Claire, had clearly not heard boundaries. <laughs> So if you're ever in an upset mood, I'm going to sit in silence. I'm going to slowly make my way over and just... <laughs> Wagging your body as, as you walk towards me. <laughs> Oscar will be highly insulted. <clears throat> oh, that was... Oh, yeah, that was... I, I, I don't even I, know about history should, anymore. Stop the podcast. <laughs> stop it. It's hurting us. <laughs> um, First student, listen. 
Oh God, no, please don't. There. Look, it's a good lesson. What you put online is out there forever. It's in the data, man. Okay? It's in the matrix. It's, it's out yeah. there. So just, just be careful. Mm-hmm. You're going to be embarrassed. You're going to look like a complete idiot. <sighs> and there's no one doing it. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> oh, man. Ooh. Okay. Yep. Lesson. A big lesson. So it's your turn to go first today. And let's just um, Indeed. get back some of our dignity now. <clears throat> Thanks. Yeah, we're here. One's queer. <laughs> And we're ready to drink some beer. No, we're not. We're drinking coffee. Um, okay. Well, as you all know, um, it's been I'm very sorry. cold. I, by the way, sorry, I keep coughing. I'm very um... all good. All good. It's the season. Tis the season. Tis the season. Indeed. Yeah. Um, well, it's been very cold in Ireland these days. You know, so much so that once again, our national weather forecaster, Mitch Aaron, has been indeed predicting a white Christmas. Now, we'll all have to wait and see, obviously. But I'll tell you something, with the way the temperatures have been going here, I actually wouldn't be surprised if we get a white Christmas. We may do, yeah. We very may, we very well may do. <laughs> I can't even speak <laughs> after the trauma. Um, so, mm-hmm. even the other day at work, oh, you know. Argentina scored. Today? Yeah. Who was oh, it? No. No? France scored two! It's 3-3! Oh my god, in extra time! <laughs> Jesus, we're missing something amazing. This is crazy. Let's put it on in the background. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Do you okay. have it on? I no. have it on my Twitter. You can, yeah, you can, go, you can just I'm go into not. RTE Player and just throw that bad That's boy That's what on. I do, actually. Yeah. Put on C-Longs. 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 Watch the Spanish for Silencio. 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 And So basically, um, the other day at work, you know, I'm there with all the other teachers. Some of us are melting by the radiators in the school and some of us are shivering because we're not near the radiators. But I heard someone else say out loud, yeah. What if we all got snowed in here at school? Now, as a child or a teenager, you know, the idea of it is almost novelty. It sounds cool. We're all singing Kumbaya, you're with your buddies yeah. having a little sleepover in nighttime at the school. That's both. There's a great episode of Simpsons where it happens, actually. There is. I haven't watched that one in a long yeah, time. It's a good one. Mm. Actually, is that the um? And I am you, and you, <laughs> you are me. me. And you are me. Yeah, <laughs> so good. If you don't know what we're talking about. It's a it's a Christmas episode of The Simpsons, or at least a winter up. episode. It's very good. It's oh. new, but well, when we say new, it's probably like twenty years old now. But it's relatively new, and it's quite funny. Very funny. I am sorry. Continue. All good and Um. Okay, let me tell you something. It would not be fun to be snowed in a school. I mean. You're going to be thinking about, like, the novelty will wear off. You'll start getting hungry. You'll start thinking about, you know, your nice yeah, dinner at home. Food, food, your own me yeah. time, your own space, you know. But I was thinking about this, and then I sort of went down a little rabbit hole, and I found this story about a snowing, we could just say, that occurred way back in the year of 1888. Ooh, and that would not be a fun time mm-hmm. to get snowed in. The one thing I would miss, actually, is bed. A comfortable place to sleep. I mean, if you're in school, you're just going to be, what are you going to do? Throw a few tables together? <laughs> just like. Yeah, like there's, there's not much. There's probably like. I, I don't think there's a, a couch. Yeah, I was just thinking. I don't even. Oh my God. <laughs> That'd be the worst part. I could get over everything else, mm-hmm. but there'd be no like, I don't think we've like blankets or. You could go out to your car and maybe switch on the all engine, but. But if you're totally snowed. Yeah. If you can go out to your car, you can drive over. <laughs> You can go home. Leave me alone. 
Okay. It's not really a snow one I'm talking about. Okay. Okay. Uh, the, the event itself is known as <clears throat> the children's blizzard of 1888. <laughs> Okay, uh, that's terrifying. <laughs> well, okay. This is a blizzard of children. <laughs> <laughs> My worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, okay. sorry, kids. It, it, we apologise. Um, no, 1888 was a very interesting year. Uh, National Geographic was founded. The Suez Canal was opened up to free maritime travel. Vincent van Gogh cut off his ear. And classical music was recorded for the very first time. <laughs> and for the folks... It's also the Jack the Ripper year, I think. It is, yeah. And it is also the year that Christian Brothers College Cork was founded in Cork City. Whoop, shut up. Give me a second. And I think it's I also the year that Mitchellstown GHL was founded. Am I right, Daisy? Oh, yeah, it is, because we yeah. see it every day. We see it every day. <laughs> but mm-hmm. for the folks of South Dakota and northeastern Wyoming in the upper Midwest regions of the United States of America... They were about to experience one of the most devastating blizzards in American history. Now, on the 12th of January, 1888, a huge, very unpredictable blizzard was about to wreak havoc on the Great American Plains, okay? And nobody saw it coming. States and territories that were directly affected by this blizzard would be South Dakota, North Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Minnesota, Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, and so on. In 1888, many school children would have been taught their own classes and lessons in one-room houses, especially in rural areas. And on January 11th, the day before this blizzard, the weather across these states and territories was unusually warm because there had been a lot of snow around the place. But then this random one nice warm day comes along. Now, I'm taking this snippet from Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. So it says... By January 11th, the blizzard was precipitated by the collision of an immense Arctic cold front with warm, moisture-laden air from the Gulf of Mexico. Within a few hours, the advancing cold front caused a temperature drop from a few degrees above freezing to minus 20 degrees Fahrenheit, which is minus 29 degrees Celsius and even minus 40 degrees Celsius Mm -hmm. in some places. That is insane. This wave of cold was accompanied by high winds and heavy snow. The fast-moving storm first struck Montana in the early hours of January 12th. Sorry, I'm thinking of a hand in Montana in a storm, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) This is tornado. And this swept through, um, in the early hours of January 12th, it swept through Dakota Territory uh, from mid-morning to early afternoon and reached Lincoln, Nebraska by 3 p.m. Many who were caught unaware misjudged the weather due to this warm spell I was telling uh, you about. Yeah, yeah. And a teenage Norwegian immigrant in Fortier named Carl Salty, so they're in Minnesota, they remembered that, quote, on the 12th of January, 1888, around noontime, it was so warm it melted snow and ice from the window until after 1 p.m. This changed rapidly for the teenager who continued that by 3.30 p.m., uh, quote, a dark and heavy wall built up around the northwest coming fast, coming like those heavy thunderstorms, like a shot. In a few moments, we had the severest snowstorm I ever saw in my life with a terrible hard wind, like a hurricane. Snow so thick, we could not see more than three steps from the front door at times. Now, the Boston Daily Advisor reported under the headline, Midnight at Noon, and that at Fargo, mercury 47 degrees below zero and a hurricane blowing 
So it, let's just say it's insane temperatures. And what made the storm so deadly was the timing because it happened during work and school hours. And the suddenness of the storm yeah. and the brief spell of warmer weather that preceded it, right? Yeah. So in addition, <clears throat> the very strong wind fields behind the cold front and the powdery nature of the snow reduced visibilities on the open plains to zero. People ventured from the safety of their homes to do chores, go oh, to town, okay. attend school, or simply enjoy the relative warmth of the day. And as a result, thousands of people, including many school children, got caught in the blizzard. Oh. And teachers generally kept children in their schoolrooms. Exceptions nearly always resulted in disaster. Imagine how your head would be wrecked. Oh my God, I'd be I'd be allergic. Oh my God, sorry lads listening to this. Like, like It's just hell. Yeah. Just your worst nightmare. I'm sorry, <laughs> it is. Let's be real. Like, let's be honest here. <laughs> so there are a few stories that reinforce the severity of the blizzard, and which I have gratefully taken from my overlord, <laughs> the great Wikipedia. God, the messages are getting. They're getting intense. I've seen it on Wikipedia. It's like someone wants to buy Wikipedia. It's not for sale. That's the big sign that's happening if you went to a Wikipedia article. There. And like I donated, I donate. I have oh. such respect for Wikipedia. I really, really do. I think mm-hmm. it is fantastic. It is a fantastic source of information. Thank you. If you don't use it responsibly, it is brilliant. Mm-hmm. But Jimmy, like, look. <laughs> Just lay off, okay? I donated boundary a few times, and now he's like, "Well, if I keep annoying her, she'll keep continue to donate." And I'm like, "No, he's like, I must break you." Um. Okay. So these accounts from Wikipedia they're fascinating, um, but they'll make you really think about the whole staying in school during snowing or did I say a boot? My inner Canadian, um. But it'll also make you think about leaving school during a snowstorm. So, I mean, you're kind of trapped, really. It's a paradox. Okay. Okay. So this comes from Plainview, Nebraska. So it says, Lois Rice found herself trapped with three... <laughs> We're not getting away with that name. Come on. Her name is Lois. Lois Rice. Like, like Lois Rice. Royce, yeah. L-O-I-S. Lois. Oh, Lois. <laughs> I have a student and she's called Lois, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis, Lewis. Rice. As in, you know, Peter and Lois. Oh, Peter. Lois Royce, R O Y S E. You see. Okay. <laughs> Lois. Although it could be Lois Rice, but I'm pretty sure it's Lois. Stupid! <laughs> I can't undo it. <laughs> can't because it's on the record um okay so lois rice found herself trapped with three of her students in her schoolhouse by 3 p.m they had run out of heating fuel Uh her boarding house was only 82 yards or 75 meters away so she attempted to lead the children there however visibility was so poor that they became lost and the children (gasps) two nine-year-old boys and six-year-old girl no they froze to death oh my god the teacher survived, but <laughs> no, it gets worse. But her feet were frostbitten and had to be amputated. That's how bad it was, and she Whoa. was only eighty-two yards away. No, seriously. Mm-hmm. Then another account is in Seward County, in Nebraska, and somebody named Etta Shatok, a nineteen-year-old school teacher. Is this something funny? I don't know. <laughs> Looking at you, you're there's like, something there. Right? <laughs> you're like, there's just such strange. Oh, it's Shash, isn't it? Shatok. <laughs> So she was a 19 year old school teacher and she got lost on her way home and sought shelter in a haystack. She remained trapped there. <laughs> gone. <laughs> She's gone. It's lost her. I was trying to say like in a hay shed. 
<laughs> like a barn. No, she went into a haystack. Desperate times. Stack of hay. Fair, like, okay, yeah. you'd have to. I just mm-hmm. wasn't expecting stack to come after the word hay. It, it, it's really sad. Oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah. She remained trapped there until her rescue 78 hours later by a person named Daniel D. Murphy and his hired men. She died on February 6th uh, around 9am due to complications from surgery to remove her frostbitten feet and legs. Oh, so this is a really horrific storm. Jeez. Um, I was imagining her just like, um, you know, Jack Torrance and um, The Shining, just surrounded by hay when they found her. Sorry. I'm sorry. Dark. <laughs> it was pretty dark. Um, in another place near a place called Ziona in South Dakota, the children at a local school were rescued. Two men tied a rope to the closest house and headed for the school. There they tied off the other end of the rope and led the children to safety. In another okay. place called Mira Valley in Nebraska, a lady named Minnie Freeman uh, safely led her 13 children from her schoolhouse to her home, mm. one and a half miles away, so about 2.5 kilometers the rumour that she used a rope to keep the children together during the blinding storm is widely circulated. But one of the children claimed it wasn't true and all of her pupils survived. And there's even a song that was released that year called Song of the Great Blizzard, 13 Were Saved. There's also a song called Nebraska's Fearless Maid, um, which was written in her honour. And then another, I've got maybe just two more. Um, then there was a 36-year-old Scottish far- immigrant farmer and his name's, name was James Jackson. And this was just outside Woodstock, Minnesota. And he discovered that his cattle herd had frozen oh, to death man. in a 16-kilometer stretch. Oh, for... Mm-hmm. Well, that's depressing. Mm. Well, the kids dying is depressing, too. That's I mean, fairly hard. depressing. But the poor cattle didn't stand a chance. Um, a newspaper man by the name of Charles Morse, founder of the Lake Benton News, recounted, quote, My sleeping quarters were on the second floor, leading off a hallway at the head of the stairs. On arriving home, I found the wind had forced to open the door and the stairway was packed with snow. And when I reached my room, I found my bed covered with several inches of snow, which had filtered over the threshold and through my keyhole. Like, that's insane. Right. Then, uh, last but not least, pioneers. Now, I've no idea who they were because I was very lazy to look them up. I was like, ah, here they are. Sure. (laughs) Someone will know them. William and Kate Campen. Uh, who lived in a small sod house in Marion, that's my mom's name, uh, South Dakota Territory, were caught ill-prepared for such a blizzard. They had run out of coal for their fire. Just sucks when that happens. So William was forced to leave town uh, for the town of Parker, South Dakota, some 23 miles away, about 37 kilometres away, uh, to buy more coal and supplies. He took one of his horses with him. While William was gone, uh, his uh, wife, 19-year-old Kate, gave birth alone to their first son, son Henry Royal Campen, on January 8th, 1888. So while in town, the blizzard hit and several of William's friends tried to persuade him to stay in town. But he knew he had to get back home to Kate, not knowing that she had given birth to their son. The storm was so severe and raged on as he tried to make his way back home. He stayed with his horses, but eventually both of them died because yeah. the wind was so strong. Mm, yeah, so both horses suffocated. It was awful. So William was able to find a barn with pigs in it. And so he crawled in with them to try and keep warm. Meanwhile, Kate kept herself warm and, and the baby warm by staying in bed. And William finally made it back home to Kate and the baby after spending three days and nights out in the prairie alone. All in all, over 250 people were confirmed uh, to be killed by this blizzard. However. It is widely argued that over 1,000 perished in the children's blizzard of 1888. There you go. That's 
it's creepy. <laughs> it is, isn't it? It just shows how, like, formidable the, the frontiers and all different mm-hmm. kind of, like, prairies and... You those, think about, like, the start of Red Dead? states today, yeah. Mm. But those, yeah, the culture. Those mm. states today are still quite formidable, like Wyoming oh, yeah. and um, places Have you seen the, like, tornadoes that happen over there? Tornadoes, like, people even going, like, hiking into the woods and things who go missing and never come back. And, mm-hmm. Got eaten by a bear. Yeah. Yeah, the bears are out there, I'm telling you. So it's gone to penalties and Argentina are leading on at penalties. Oh, and a second French miss in the penalties. Oh. Oh, Jesus, yeah. I'm so much of it there. So France has missed two penalties. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. Oh, no, like, no, we're here. Listeners are like, this happened. When they listen to this, it'll already have happened. So they're like, no. <laughs> yeah, just get through it. <clears throat> but it's very distracting. Are it you is. watching Do it as well? <laughs> yeah. I, will I pause I, it? Yeah, we, we, we might pause, pause it a second. Because we're going to be way too distracted. We're back. We're back. We just watched the end. We watched Argentina win the World Cup. Congratulations, Lionel Messi. Messi, 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 Messi. Sorry to any uh, French listeners that oh. we might ask, but we were. Um, you're, you're as the French then. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Lazy Compitant. <laughs> oh, what a show. Oh, I'm alone. One or two. I would love to hear the listeners' opinions on that. Mm. Which, is, which is the superior. It's a tough it's one. Hard, because they're both, they're both really good. That'd be a very good... um. Class debate? No, it'd be really good. Like, edit, you know, and scream too when they're talking about in the class. And he's like, I've got it, by the way. Oh, the Godfather is part two. Alone. But if you cut it over with Home Alone <laughs> nobody's going to. If you get the joke I just made, okay, it means that we are probably soulmates. We're probably best friends. We just, you just hey. don't realize it yet. Second best friends. I already have. Damn best right. Friends. Okay. Well, there's my insecurities. <laughs> stupid, 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 stupid. <laughs> Stop slapping yourself. You're going to hurt yourself. I'm a grand. Okay. <laughs> Flying about the place, sir. Flying about. Uh, do you know what I was thinking about today <clears throat> in breathing? What? That's, the hell? That's, well, I was thinking about it about a week ago. I know what you're doing. So, Can yeah. I guess? Go on. Is it, I'll just mouth it to you. A little bit. A little Those bit. Those guys with the big yeah, chins. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So um, um, I was thinking about the... I was explaining this... Thinking about inbreeding. Inbreeding. <laughs> I was thinking about this um lately because I was talking about Kaiser Wilhelm II of Germany, King George V of England, and Sarah Nicholas II of Russia, who were all regents in Europe at the same time and are all related. And they look very similar. Mm. So, uh, Wilhelm and George were first cousins. George and Nicholas were first cousins. And Wilhelm and Nicholas were third cousins. And kind of all together, if you throw them all in a pot there, I think it's, it works out as being like fifth cousins. So, Wilhelm's mother was the sister of George's father. George's mother and Nicholas's mother were sisters. Um, and all three men were also fifth cousins, being equal descendants of King George II of England. And if you do, yeah, look at photos. Like, they look so similar, oh, particularly um, Wilhelm and... No, particularly George and Nicholas, I think, um, look really, really alike. So, because obviously these families want to marry, you know, noble blood or from a noble lineage, but the pool is quite small. Mm. And that's what I wanted to look at today, a couple of examples of um, inbreeding and potentially the most inbred of all rulers ever to live, Charles II of Spain, who was a Habsburg. And there is a very famous... Um, uh, jawline called the Habsburg jaw, and you've probably all seen the pictures. Like, he, yeah, he, he, he ain't pretty, pretty. funky. Um, so we're going to read a little bit about him, about George the Second. Um, he, yeah, it, it's it's bad. It, it's it's really bad. Like he he's not a 
he and Hans get. No, um, so only a face a mother could love. <laughs> yeah, sorry. If even. So we're going to post uh, some pictures, and I'm going to talk about just how inbred this guy was. So inbred, in fact, that that was the end of the Habsburg line. They kind of breeded themselves out of like. Did they know that like eventually soon they must have realized they, like, they must have after like generations of it they must have figured out with all something's the, wrong especially with the jaw and things mm. like that. So. Um, King Charles or Carlos II of Spain was the last Habsburg ruler of Spain and thankfully so okay he was tragically ugly through no fault of his own but due to the desire of his family to maintain their bloodline Charles II of Spain was born on November the 6th 1661 and became king in 1665 at the age of four but his mother ruled as regent for 10 years until Um. he was 14 okay now um the Habsburgs were obviously a very powerful family trying to rule the majority of Europe. So they came from Austria. They had designs on the French throne. They ruled the Netherlands, Belgium, parts of Germany. Um, it says here, unfortunately, Charles II was too ugly, too deformed and too intellectually stunted to rule Spain and its neighbours properly. Okay, that's what happens after 16 generations of inbreeding. Okay. So the Habsburgs were so bent on keeping power, as they had for a few hundred years, that they often married their own blood relatives. After 16 generations of this, Charles II's family were so inbred that his grandmother and his aunt were the same person. Okay. Charles II's most prominent feature was his jaw, Mm -hmm. known as the Habsburg jaw, that um, identified him as part of his royal family. His two rows of teeth could never meet. So he was like... You look at it like a like a dog, like a pug, like a pug, and that's that's caused by inbreeding in mm-hmm. these little dogs as well. It's very it's a similar thing, and mm. um, bulldogs too. So the king was unable to chew his food. His tongue was so huge he could barely speak. He couldn't walk until he was almost fully grown, and his family didn't bother to educate him, so he was illiterate and totally dependent on those around him. His first wife was Marie Louise of Orléans, Charles II's second niece. So it was his, his first wife was also his niece. Came from an arranged marriage. Oh. The French ambassador wrote to the Spanish court in 1679 that Marie wanted absolutely nothing to do with Charles, saying that the Catholic king is so ugly as oh. to cause fear and he looks ill. Charles could barely walk because his legs could not support his weight. He oh. fell over several times. His wife died in 18, 1689, sorry, 1689, without producing an heir. The Spanish monarch was depressed after his first wife died, um, which was a very common depression, a common trait, but also gout, dropsy, and he was also epileptic. Mm. Yeah. The lower jaw was the kicker, though, as it made Charles II seem stunted. His ministers and advisors <laughs> suggested that his next move should be marry somebody else. Also, your your sister. So his, yeah, <laughs> <yourself. laughs> yeah, what's the last thing? <laughs> his second marriage was to Marie Anne of Newborg, and it happened mere weeks after his first wife died. Marie Anne's parents had 23 children. Wait, what? So surely Charles II would have at least one child with her, right? Wrong. Charles II of Spain was impotent and could not father children. Kind of like, you know, when you... If you made like um, a donkey and a horse, they make a mule. Oh, like a donkey. Mules... Oh no, sorry. <laughs> That's a zebra and a donkey. They have a donkey. I'm not joking. It's a real thing, man. Okay. It, no, a it donkey. is. Yeah, no, no. I, I, okay. Sorry, sorry. So. <laughs> a mule and a the, horse. A mu- no, a horse and a donkey make a mule, isn't it? Or one of the other, like a male horse. There's like genets and things as well. But anyway, those are always um, 
sterile. They can't produce, they can't reproduce males. Do you know? Ooh. So this guy was um, sterile. He couldn't have children. Dang. Okay. Um, so I'm going to just read a little bit more about him because I think this is just so fascinating, if not very, very sad, but also super creepy. Um, this article here from the National Geographic basically um, says like that inbreeding killed off the entire Habsburg family, that they basically ended their lineage because of this. So that happened on November 1st, 1700. An entire dynasty of kings came to a crashing end with the death of Charles II of Spain. Charles had neither a pleasant life nor a successful reign. He was physically disabled, mentally disabled, and disfigured. A large tongue made his speech difficult to understand. He was bald by the age of 35. He died senile and racked by epileptic seizures. <sighs> he had two wives, but he was impotent, so he had no children and thus no heirs, which is what happens after 16 generations of inbreeding. So he was the final king of the Spanish Habsburg dynasty, part of a house that ruled over much of Europe for centuries. Concerned with corralling their heritage within their bloodlines, the Spanish Habsburg married heavily between, heavily between each other. Most of their 11 marriages were between blood relatives, including several matches between first cousins and two between uncles and nieces. Charles's own mother was the niece of his father, and his grandmother was also his aunt. Historians have often speculated that this inbreeding was the dynasty's downfall and contributed to Charles II's numerous health problems. Now, this is where it gets really interesting. The more closely related a child's parents are, the greater the odds that they will be dealt a dud genetic hand. So we inherit one copy of almost every gene from our father and one from our mother. Mm-hmm. Some will be defective, but chances are that a second working copy will compensate for this. But if parents are related, they may already share many of the same genes and they risk of pa- the risk of passing down an identical pair of faulty genes to their children, which can lead to genetic disorders or birth defects like um, what Charles inherited. So through a fascinating piece of historical genetics, Gonzalo Alvarez from the University of Santiago de Compostela has mm. confirmed that inbreeding caused the extension of this dynasty. He traced the pedigree of the entire line back through 16 generations, including over 3,000 people. Oof. For each person, this is fascinating, fascinating, he calculated a figure called the inbreeding coefficient, symbolized by the letter F. <clears throat> So it measures the probability that a person with two identical copies of a gene inherited both from the same ancestor. For example, a child born to cousins has an F value of 0.0625, but it becomes much higher if the parents come from a long line of inbred couples. The higher the value, the greater the degree of inbreeding in that lineage. Alvarez found that the first Spanish Habsburg king, Philip I, had a relatively low F value of 0.025. But after just five generations, his descendants, Charles II, had an F value of 0.254, more than 10 times that of his great-great-great-grandfather. The figure is even twice as high as the expected value for the child of an uncle-niece marriage, which reflects just how pervasive inbreeding was in this family tree. Poor people, they couldn't even run romper. Or play. (laughs) (laughs) It also means that Charles II would have carried identical copies for more than quarter of his genes. So his genome was 20 Five percent um homozygous is that how that's pronounced um basically i looked all of this up to put it into layman's terms i think it means that 
he was basically as if his parents had been siblings. That's how Inbert he is. God, was. it's not his fault he was born. You know what I mean? Yeah. Poor guy. Got um, all that wealth and power, but just didn't matter. Oh, it's just like it's just cruel. Um, it's it's just terrific. Now, uh, this is where, um, I was reading this recently, and I was fascinated by it. And at the end of the National Geographic article, and I started doing a bit Great of research. This person said here that the Spanish Habsburg dynasty started with a marriage between Philip the First and Joanna, or um, Joanna, I suppose, with Spain, also known as Joanna the Mad, um. No, this is where <laughs> I, I read about Joanna the Mad and I, that marriage, he, uh, Philip. Was Philip like coping the, or? Philip is the worst husband oh. that I have ever come across, oh. ever. Philip's name is Philip the Handsome. Handsome. She's Joanna the Mad or Joanna La Loca. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm just going to talk a little bit about them and then I'm done. Um, but Joanna, um, whether she was mad or not, it, it's it's difficult to um, to tell. Um, <clears throat> what's brilliant about this is that, and I love on this all, we've been talking about inbreeding and how, you know, she was the daughter of Ferdinand and Isabella of Spain, which means she was a sister to Catherine of Aragon. So she's an older oh. sister of Henry VIII's first wife, Catherine of Aragon, daughter of Ferdinand and Isabella of Spain. And I'm just going to read a little bit about her life and her horrific marriage to this jerk, Philip the Handsome. Let okay. it out. You let it out. Um, and like she was really, really smart. So she was really, really smart. She was trained in languages, music, literature, philosophy. I've gotten this from a website called fascinate.com. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> she was trained in law. The princess received one of the finest humanist educations in 15th century Europe. Alongside her sisters, she was prepped to act as a wise consort for her future husband and diplomat for her parents' foreign interests. Okay, she was a little bit rebellious because her parents, of course, were incredibly Catholic, um, both uh, Ferdinand and Isabella. And that's why Henry VIII has such difficulty trying to um, get rid of Catherine of Aragon mm. because he's going to really annoy her parents because they're super Catholic. But she even experimented with scepticism in her teens, or what we might today call agnosticism. Mm. Um, so she, like, her parents basically were like, you're not having this, you have got to be Catholic. So she just had to kind of buck up there. Okay. Um, this is really interesting as well. Her mother, Queen Isabella, was deeply enraged by Princess Joanna's insufficient piety. It's been suggested that Isabella corrected her daughter's rebellious disposition with methods such as Le Cuerda, where Joanna was hung in the air by ropes and weighed what down by her feet. the hell? Yeah, her mom was like, Isabella, what a bitch. super religious. Now her, she's super pretty, Joanna as well. She's beautiful. Boy, she's Joanna. a teenage bride. When she was just 16 years old, Joanna was formally engaged to Philip of Flanders, who was future Duke Philip I of Burgundy, who was the son of the Holy Roman Emperor Maximilian I. So he was a Habsburg. Most noble women had very little say in their husbands, but luckily for Joanna, her fiancé was only a year older than her and was already known as Philip the Handsome for his so-called hotness. Gotta look him up. No, I mean, I found this meme and this is what made me laugh so much. Philip the Handsome. Ah, no. Read the text. I mean, where is it? Can you imagine how hot we would have seemed like 600 years ago? If he's hot, I mean, yeah, I would we all have the hot. <laughs> Claire the hot. I love that. <laughs> Feel the sex. 
feed the naked. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, he's basically, for, he's not exactly the most good-looking guy. He's also Compared. a complete jerk, I would say more, but I can't. Okay, so Joanna almost didn't survive her bridal voyage, so she was going to meet him. And uh, on the shipwright Flanders, she suffered from severe seasickness and she caught a fever. Philip wasn't even there to greet her when she arrived. He sent his sister, Princess Margaret of Austria, in his place. Okay. <laughs> it says here, unfortunately for Joanna, Philip's douchey behaviour was a major sign of things to come. It absolutely was. Her marriage is crazy. Okay. She was a beauty. So she inherited, and a lot of people might not know this, Catherine of Aragon. Mm. Um, is the mother to uh was Mary's first mother, Catherine of Aragon. Although Spanish, um, had fair was fair. She had fair features, and um, so did Joanna. So they inherited fair skin, blue eyes, and strawberry blonde to auburn hair. Okay. Her husband Philip was mutually pleased with his stunning bride, though his passion had scandalous consequences. Okay. okay. And he, like, when they met first, they were supposed to wait until they get married, but he ordered the priest to marry them immediately so that he could... Have sexual make relations. Love make wife. love, just like Russell Newton, okay. making love to his wife. <laughs> um, he betrayed her, so he cheated on her a lot. Philip found Joanna beautiful and charming, but not worth staying faithful to. Her Burgundian bow, I mean, whoever wrote this, just genius, quickly began to see other ladies on the side, so he had himself some side chicks. And mm. she goes into mad jealous rages and uh, we'll talk about those in a while. Okay. And this is where the Joanna the mad stuff starts because she doesn't take the infidelities very well. Mm. The roots of her crazy woman reputation took hold during her marriage to Philip because she didn't like it when her husband cheated on her. She got branded as insane. <laughs> and what did she do? What any good woman would do. She turned to the occult. <laughs> mm. So she even indulged in making love potions. Wow. Okay. okay. Um, I mean, it says here her husband continued to bang anyone with a pulse. <laughs> and by the way, Joanna was pregnant for pretty much their entire oh, marriage. Oh God, poor girl. This is here. What a catch! She suffered a horrible. Oh, this is horrific, right? Ugh. So, um, married obviously horrible. Then her brother. I'll go down to the amount of people that died. Um, da, 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 let me just read it here. So she. She lost, in the space of a year, something like just loads of her family. So her, 1497, her brother John passed away unexpectedly at 18. Officially, the cause was tuberculosis, but rumours insisted that he passed doing uh, passed away doing what he loved. He may have perished of enthusiastic bedroom activities. That's what says here. Okay. Um, sadly, his wife was pregnant, she also passed, and the baby died too. Oh, God. So, um, after, now, this is why this is all important. She basically has a rake of siblings. She was not in line to be ruler, but because everybody basically dies, all of a sudden she's now coming closer to being in line, and oh, that's God. where her husband starts to get a bit like, huh, interesting, mm. how can this benefit me? Mm. Okay. And this is, did he, how did he respond after her brother uh, passed? Did he grieve alongside his wife, perhaps? Sympathetically listen as she reminisced about the good old days? No. Before John's body was even cold, Philip started prancing around town, calling himself by John's old title, the Prince of Aragon. Okay. 
And then she had another tragedy. The next in line to the Spanish throne was her oldest sister, Isabella. She and her husband seized the crown only for Isabella to go into labour, give birth to a son and die. Her tiny baby Miguel would have been the new king, but he perished before turning two. So at this point, Joanna has lost two siblings, a niece and a nephew. She is suddenly heiress to the kingdom of Spain. So you're thinking... Okay, good for her. Good for her! But no, because her husband now sees her, like, he needs to get her out of the way so that he can assume power. Okay. And remember, it's out of Ferdinand and Isabella. It's Isabella that is the ruler. It's her that is the more powerful one. Mm. So it's the female in this instant. Even though Joanna was now one of the most powerful women in the world, she still had to deal with her tool of a husband. Mm. According to historians, Philip's cruelty went way beyond affairs. He isolated Joanna and held her hostage in her own castle. He replaced her courtiers with his own men. He refused to give her money to pay her ladies in waiting. One by one, all of them left Flanders, abandoning her to her cruel husband and his henchmen. When Joanna gave birth to a daughter in November of 1498, he responded by telling Joanna that the child was a failure and that he wouldn't pay for anything to support Jesus, the baby. Jesus, Mary He'd Joseph. only help to raise a son. And the author just wrote here, Jesus. <laughs> okay, so she's trapped. According yeah. to some sources, Philip cut Joanna off from her fortune and left her so poor that she couldn't even afford to feed herself. Okay. Um. Now... She has a pretty messed up family. If you think that her family come to help her, not so much. Um, she had by fifteen oh one given birth to three babies, mm. Eleanor, Charles, and Isabella, leading Philip to give his wife one heck of a push present. He coldly removed the children from Joanna. He sent them to be raised by his sister Margaret. Jesus. This betrayal broke her heart, but she didn't ask her parents for help because she felt too broken. Okay, she said she couldn't even think of her own mother without shedding tears. Okay, now her mother does bring her with the husband back um, because she senses something is wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Go, mama. <clears throat> but uh, Philip is just, like, so embarrassing. So Philip began making his in-laws raise their eyebrows with his actions on the road to Castile. When the royal couple stopped in Toledo so that the Spanish courts could officially declare Joanna as the new heir to the throne, Philip had a disturbing demand. He insisted that his horse trot in first, even though that was Joanna's honour. Wow. The author says here, compensating for something, are we? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, yeah. Now, she's still pretty fierce, though. So she's not this, like, complete and utter, like, what's the word, submissive mm. wifey. Joanna was kind of a badass during her road trip back home when Philip made the royal couple travel through France. Joanna, ref- so obviously he's French, mm-hmm. she's Spanish. Joanna refused to play down her Spanish pride. While attending dinner and a ball with the French king, she dressed in a traditional Spanish gown Go and on. performed a Spanish dance. Mm-hmm. Represent. Now, her parents hated her husband. I mean, fair. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is just like, he's actually so evil that he's almost like, it's almost like, what's the word? Unbelievable. Mm. When the family went to a tournament, the king and queen were repulsed by <clears throat> Philip threw his scraps into the crowd of peasants and laughed as they competed for the leftover food. Jesus, he's a prick. Okay, unfortunately for Joanna, over the course of his visit, things only get worse. Mm. Okay. Now, in the middle of all of this, so he's being horrible. Joanna gets pregnant again. You think that Philip would stick around and support his pregnant wife, but you'd be wrong. Philip was bored of his in-laws, mad at his wife, so he abandoned Joanna and he went back to Flanders on his own. Okay, now, um, 
this time uh, he told her, he made up with the reason that he'd go back is that he told his people that he'd return back and he'd rule her, but that's mm-hmm. not true because he abandoned them too. Okay. Now, in a dark omen of things to come, she fell mentally and physically apart when he left the heiress, indulged in the rather unroyal conduct of crying herself to sleep every night, refusing lavish meals and flinging her royal body against the walls of the castle. It's very like yes, me when I was a teenager. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I <don't> know. <laughs> Then her mother essentially kind of locks her up because her mother's like, you have to stop acting like this and mm. uh, you can't be like running back after him because you're just making a fool of yourself. And this is where she has just an absolute um, meltdown. Uh, meltdown. So she runs out to the barn in the castle to get her horse to ride off to her husband because she's actually mad about him, mm. even though he treats her terribly. Mm. So her mother locked her horses in the stable and wouldn't let them out. Uh, Joanna pounced on the doors and she shook the bars. Furious, she screamed all night and refused to go inside to sleep. Instead, she stayed outside and refused blankets. This was concerning behaviour for anyone, never mind a pregnant woman, remember mm. she's pregnant. So Queen Isabella did what she felt was necessary. She locked her daughter in the castle. Um, it was there that Joanna continued her mental breakdown and things take an even darker turn. Mm. She began pacing all day, babbling in tongues and refusing to eat or sleep. Okay, but it gets even worse. Oh, this so, is just Joanna the Mad. Just Joanna the Sad. Yeah, Joanna mm. the unfairly treated yeah. and forced into mental breakdown lady. Yeah, okay. So mm. Joanna decides that she gives birth to another son. So she's got this is her fourth kid, and his name is Ferdinand. Mm. And um, the baby, she kind of recovers. She kind of comes out of her um, bleak mental state. And the baby is one year old. She decides to go to Flanders to visit her you know, estranged husband who's mm. abandoned her. And when she arrives in Flanders, she sees that Philip has taken an in-house mistress. Ooh. Okay. Mm. What did you want to do? Kill her. She started hacking off her rival's hair with scissors. When this act failed to heal her heart, she simply slashed the woman in the face. Oof. Yeah. Now, um... Did the mistress survive? I think so. Okay. <laughs> There's no record, but uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> Philip is not impressed by this. Uh, he beats her and then he locks her in her bedroom. Mm. She goes on a hunger strike until he finally lets her out. Um, this is my favourite line from this article, which is brilliantly written, by the way. I understand that a degree of conflict is normal in any relationship, but let's all agree that hashtag Philana needs to break up. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> her mother then, okay, um, did a kind of an amazing thing. She basically left everything to her daughter. She dies. She names her as her um successor, mm-hmm. not her husband, Ferdinand. So he's pretty annoyed about that because he's the king. And uh, Joanna is next in line to the throne. Okay, so what do we think is going to happen? Hmm. So basically, Philip um, and her father join forces to say that she is unfit oh, to take no. the throne. So her like... father betrays her so she's just been left down by every man in her life basically poor lady which is just horrific right so they both say that she's um she's unfit they spread spread lies about her now she has had some you know questionable moments but i mean well, nobody was supporting you? her really she yeah. was completely isolated you're bound to be human and break so you know he uh, now that he had the opportunity to get power, Ferdinand, he raised an army of supporters and went to town spreading mean rumours about Joanna's crumbling sanity. In early 1505, he declared to the court that Joanna was so ill that she could never govern in her own right. To help his demented daughter out, Ferdinand just had to be appointed as the realm's administrator. But this was far from his only manipulative mood. 
He also married a French woman named Germaine de Foix, who was, no lie, the granddaughter of his half-sister. What? <laughs> mentioned that he was tying the knot to somehow help Spain, but mm. in reality, he wanted to father a son so that the son could usurp Joanna's inheritance of Aragon. Mm. Like, it's your dad, man. But That's plan, disgusting. His plan goes wrong. They all just liked being inbred and they all just... Well, what ends up happening is talks. people hate the new wife so much that it pushes the people's support more towards Joanna. Go on. Um, because mostly because they loved Isabella as well. She was very popular in mm. the fact that Ferdinand remarries. Yeah. Um, Trail. Now, she does actually go to England as well and visits her sister and meets future Henry VIII. Oh. Um, some people think that Philip inspired Henry to be a bit of a woman as a woman as mm. a woman as a baby. Okay. Um, now, <clears throat> after their shipwreck shenanigans that happened on the way to England, Philip and Joanna entered Castile to great fanfare. The nobles immediately sided with the young royal couple, making it clear that they'd rather have Joanna than Ferdinand. Mm. But their sport felt like a consolation prize to Joanna. Her father's betrayal hurt her so deeply that she responded with a vicious gesture. I love She's got a scissors and half off his hair. She's a queen. Joanna began to dress only in black as a sign that her father was symbolically dead to her. Cool. And it says here, call the, face. call the burn unit man down. <laughs> she made an impossible choice. We're nearly there now. Um, <laughs> is The author says here, I feel that this next tip, it crystallizes just how messed up her family was. Even after her father betrayed her, she still trusted her father more than Philip. <laughs> As such, <laughs> she refused to support Philip taking her throne. You go, girl. Even though Philip had already gotten himself crowned in Brussels. Seeing no other option, she reached out to her dad and urged him not to let Philip take over Castile. Unfortunately, Philip discovered the message. <laughs> and Oof. his reaction is not pretty. He is absolutely furious. He can't throw her behind bars. So what does he do? He executes her. He ensures that Joanna can never send another message during her lifetime without his permission. So another way to isolate mm. her. He sleeps through all her mail and he even forges letters by her. Oh, okay. God. Literally anything that she ever writes for the rest of her life. Um. Okay. Now, um, the last thing here. Uh, Ferdinand also drafted alternative documents saying that everything he did was coerced by Philip when he was probably just covering for himself all along. So her father never properly met up with her and never apologised. Um, now, Philip's worst moment is yet to come. I mean, in 1506, Philip tried uh, his darndest to lock up his wife. He told everyone that she was crazy, insisted that he had no choice but to imprison her. But despite Philip's best efforts to lock up his wife, the people of Castile wouldn't do it for one chilling reason. Based on their meetings with Joanna... Mm. They all agreed that she wasn't crazy. Okay. Now, um, after, and so after steamrolling his wife and in-laws, Philip finally got what he wanted. He got the crown. Upon ascending to the throne, he got to work and replaced everyone in court with his own henchmen. But then something strange happened. Hmm. <clears throat> Philip attended a banquet, drank a big glass of water, and suddenly felt terribly ill. Dead! He passed away on the September the 25th, 1506, at just 28 years of age. Oh, what was in the water? As he fought for his life, Joanna stayed by her husband's bedside. However, when he passed, she didn't shed a single tear. 
Okay, people usually say that Joanna stayed at his bedside to give him moral support. <laughs> you could okay. just, when no one else was looking, just her under her breath, you know, side mouth like insults, just under a few whispers like, good luck. <laughs> I love this here. Officially, no one knows who could have poisoned Philip, but unofficially it was Ferdinand. Totally, completely. 100% <laughs> Ferdinand. Now, this is weird. She reacted very strangely to this death. Yeah. So when her beloved and treacherous husband died, she didn't just grieve in the normal way. The loss sent her into her worst emotional tailspin yet. So for a considerable period, Joanna simply refused to leave her husband's already embalmed body. During this time, she was six months pregnant with their final child. I love that has to say final child. <laughs> Catherine. It gets worse. The widowed Joanna couldn't even accept his mortality after he was buried and in the ground. Shortly after his passing, she reportedly ordered his body exhumed, had the casket opened, jumped to his side once again and kissed Wow. his dearly departed feet from this point Janie. wherever she went so did his casket wow okay okay okay, okay. Joanna's jealousy over Philip's love also continued after he was gone while accompanied by her late husband's casket it's rumoured Joanna would only travel at night she didn't want other women tempting Philip Right. Her entourage avoided nunneries for this reason. You can never be too careful, even around holy sisters. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> only so years sweet. later. Oh God. Was Philip finally laid to rest? Okay. Jesus. Um. Yeah. I. And I mean, that's that's basically um it. And I. Yeah. Um. Wow. That is fascinating, but also so messed up. Yeah. It's incredibly sad overall. It's, um, it's also hilarious. <laughs> sad and hilarious. There's, there's, lots, hilarious. there's so much more to her life, but I won't go into it. I just thought the marriage with Philip is like literally the worst marriage, but she absolutely adored him. Like she, it's toxic. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird to me. That's Joanna the Mad. He wasn't handsome. even that handsome. No, he's really not. I mean, compared to Charles II. And Fair all enough, that. he was handsome, but like Philip the average. <laughs> Philip the myth. Yeah, Philip, Philip the, the average Joe, man. You know, maybe I would. I don't know. Philip the lad. Yeah. Well, Joe. Philip the lad. Well, he was a lad, wasn't he? He lad, was. Lad, he was lad, a. Lad. As you say, play on. Play, play on. Play on. My goodness okay. me, that was. So that's Joanna. And um, Joanna's Joanna the Mad and Bergen. the Habsburgs. And the Habsburgs. And uh, just a, big a, ass job. Scandal. But that wouldn't that be the most amazing? I think there is a movie about it, but wouldn't it be like, Ooh, we should screw the Tudors. That's way more interesting. I'm sure there is a version in Spanish. Probably. I'm sure there is. It was amazing. But there was a lot of um sexual activity being Lots. portrayed in the show. And I wouldn't find it very appropriate for a younger audience. No, because the students of Ocknast going watch it, and I'm like, no. Hell no. It's very um. <laughs> it's just permissive. There's just a lot of. There's a lot of physical ass. activity. A lot of ass. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> there is a lot of ass. It's very awkward. It's okay. one of those shows that if you were to turn it on. The parents would come straight into the sit, oh, sit down with so you. Typical. And then something would happen. And it would be the thing. most, like, the one episode your parents decide to watch with you would be the worst episode. Mm-hmm. It would be like, yeah, it would be the episode where Henry has like a, a yeah. orgy or something. Yeah, absolutely. I'm oh, sure yeah. I was watching Spartacus, I think, Blood and Sand or something like that years back. My uncle was at Bridge. I'm sure I'd never seen it before. And I put it on and didn't Christy walk in and there was like literal orgy being acted out. And I'm like, hi, Christy. He's like, well, how are you? And it was just super awkward. It was just... Why didn't you just turn it off? Like, well, the remote was there, but it was fair. Okay. 
was far away. It was a time of remote controls, you know. Um, but yeah, don't watch that either. Okay, you need to stick to Avatar, The Weight of Water. Is it The Weight of Water? No, that's a book. It's The Way of Water. Yeah, The Weight of Water is about that second-year novel by Sarah Croissant. Just some some nice movies that don't. Um... Home Alone. Yes. Scream. <laughs> Scream's a good movie. There's a lot of cinema techniques, whatever you call them. All right, that's all I'm telling you. Yeah. And um, it's been a fabulous episode. Yes, I've enjoyed and it. I've loved thoroughly. working with you thoroughly. Thoroughly. Now let's go to Tesco and do some shopping. We're going to do some shopping, and uh, I fairly need to go to the bathroom. Because I've drank a lot of coffee today. <laughs> we're did. buzzing. We're okay. buzzing. And um, thank you so much for listening. Thanks please, for listening. Please, you know, like us on Instagram and give us a shout. We're right here. We'll post some pictures of Philip the Handsome and Absolutely. Joanna the Mad. Joanna Leluca. And remember, run, romp, play. play. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to shut it off. <laughs> Bye. Bye.